Hi, this is Jeff Kress. I'm a faculty member at the Davidson School at JTS, and I'm going to speak about reconsidering and reclaiming experiential Jewish education. I'll start with a story of when I first came to JTS. It was about 12 years ago, and one of the first things I did was attend a meet-and-greet reception for new students and incoming faculty. And as people asked uh, me about what I did and how I came to JTS, I would launch into my spiel about how I was trained as a psychologist and how I would use um, or hope to use uh, ideals and principles of psychology to understand Jewish identity development, to understand how we could best promote Jewish values, and how we can meet some of the broad goals of Jewish education. I was confronted uh, with a question that I kind of have been struggling with ever since. Uh, people heard my spiel and they said, well, do you work in informal or formal education? Now, this stumped me because I hadn't heard of those terms before. I hadn't come across them. Uh, it, I've learned that what they meant by that was, do I primarily work in schools or do I primarily work in places like camps or youth groups or uh, educational trips or Hillel or JCCs? And it occurred to me then, and it still occurs to me now, that that question didn't make much sense because if we have a, or if I was using a set of principles of learning, development, growth, and education, then what would it matter whether they were being applied in a school or not in a school? Or at least there'd be a lot of similarities in how one thinks about education in these settings, even though the logistics would clearly be different. Over the past year since I've been here, I think there's been a shift uh, away from defining informal education as a place, but rather as maybe a modality of education or an approach to education that could happen anywhere. And in fact, the term experiential education has come into vogue for a variety of reasons, including the idea that it encompasses even so-called formal settings. That is, there could be experiential education in a school, and perhaps not every moment at an overnight camp can be characterized as experiential education. And while this is a helpful distinction, I still think it begs a question, of course, about what is experiential Jewish education. When I think about the topic, I usually go back to thinking about John Dewey, who pointed out that all education is experiential. That is, ultimately, all education happens when something external to us has some type of impact on something internal to us. If you want to see it in modern terms, and of course Dewey wouldn't say it like this, we can think about learning and development as involving changes on a neurological level. An educator does not reach in and tweak the neurons of the learner. Rather, we structure situations that lead to such changes. So experiential education, to me, is an approach in which educators are particularly intentional about shaping experiences around those elements that will most likely enhance the developmental impact of those educational situations on the learner. Putting Jewish into the mix for experiential Jewish education, I would say that this education has the goal of what might be called holistic or multidimensional Jewish growth. That is, it encompasses outcomes and domains not only related to what one knows about Judaism, but also how one feels, what one believes, what one does, and who and what one connects with vis-a-vis -vis Judaism and their sense of Jewish self. 
Now, in these definitions, I use the term learner broadly to encompass anyone who participates in our schools, adult and family ed classes, synagogue services, camps, youth groups, and so on. And I use the term educator broadly as well to encompass teachers, rabbis, youth directors, etc. So all of these different learners and educators come together under this rubric of experiential Jewish education, which again is an approach in which educators are particularly intentional about shaping experiences around elements that will most enhance their developmental impact. Which, of course, leads to another question. If that's the case, what are the elements of experiences that will make them most likely to be impactful? Now, it's an understatement to say that a full answer would go beyond the time allotted to this podcast. It would go on and on. Actually, it's also an overstatement to say that I or anyone else could give a full answer to that question, though there is a lot of good research and knowledge we can build on. Also, the answer to that question would be different and will differ somewhat depending on the age group that we're talking about and the setting we're talking about. So for now, I'm going to focus on one element of experiences that, are, that, that is important in enhancing the developmental impact of those experiences. And I'll take as my example the issue of relationships. It's a cliche to say that we learn from our relationships, but the fact that it's a cliche only underscores their importance as active ingredients that drive the learning process. I think that we can each reflect back on our own lives, and we could easily think about people, teachers, relatives, mentors, colleagues, friends, and folks who span several of those categories, who helped us become who we are through their relationships and interactions with us. And these, uh, these relationships transcended any isolated facts or information that these people might have taught us. These people took the time to know us, to show they care. We can and should look at the educational experiences we plan and that we participate in, whether they incur in shuls or schools, in camp or at Shabbat services. And we could look at those through the lens of the active ingredient of relationships and ask questions such as, to what extent do our participants, students, congregants, whoever these learners are, to what extent do they feel that they're part of a caring community in which they are known to their leaders and teachers who take the time to appreciate them as individuals and also to connect them to others in the community? To what extent do we structure learning from one another in addition to learning from us as educators? Do our learners have the opportunity to teach others, to give active input into the learning relationships and the learning process? Learning in relationship has a solid grounding in Jewish tradition. The easiest example, of course, is Chavruta learning. Anyone who studied in Chavruta knows that learning the text goes hand in hand with building an intense relationship with a partner. A bad pairing hinders learning, of course, but a good partnership does more than facilitate the learning of the subject matter in the text. It creates a living, vital, interactive relationship among not only two people, but also among two people and the text. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. The relationship catapults the text learning into discussions of meaning and relevance.
To conclude, you might ask, if experiential Jewish education involves focusing on the elements of experiences that are likely to mediate impact on Jewish growth, shouldn't this be a characteristic of all education, not just experiential education? And this brings me to what I hope will be the main takeaway from all of this. We are all experiential educators, and therefore, no matter what our Jewish communal role may be, we should seek to address elements that are likely to mediate and maximize impact. This is not, however, a simple task, but rather it calls on us to think deeply about what we consider to be education and how we structure those moments for those learners in our schools, adult ed classes, synagogue services, and so on. All educational is experiential. We are all experiential educators. Let's craft impactful experiences of Jewish engagement. Thank you.